What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Fuck Podcast, where we get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you or a loved one needs help with any type of recovery resources or you just need someone to talk to, you can give me a shout. My number is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. So on today's episode, something that just came to my mind a little bit ago was honestly just bringing up the, the fentanyl epidemic, right? I mean, it's the it's the worst kept secret in the world. Um, it's on every single corner. You can't ignore it. It's absolutely everywhere. It doesn't matter if you live in Wisconsin, New York, California, Alabama, doesn't matter. You can find it absolutely anywhere and everywhere. You don't have to live near a major city, uh, you could be in the middle of nowhere and find it. And, you know, it's pretty much an epidemic like we've never seen before. And this country has seen, obviously, the US, at least has seen a long history of addiction and problems, you can go all the way back to prohibition, when they tried taking away alcohol, and that didn't work out too well. Um, and, you know, moving on to cocaine and crack in the 80s and then, you know, heroin in the 60s and, and then heroin and the pain, you know, painkillers again in the 2000s. And um, this is like nothing we've ever seen before. It's killing people at an absolutely alarming rate. Last year in, well, actually in 2021, I don't even think we have the numbers yet for 2022, um, in 2021, we surpassed, I think it was like 110,000 overdoses, which just like four years ago, I mean, we were at like 70, 75. So the numbers have been increasingly, um, they've been getting very, very, <laughs> excuse me, They've been getting uh, dangerously high to a point where it doesn't look like it's going down anytime soon. Fentanyl is not going anywhere. And it's it's tough to watch. It's tough to see when you have someone that is struggling with this shit. I mean, it's as lethal as it gets. It's not – it's just not like anything we've seen before. How strong it is, our bodies just cannot handle it. Like there's pictures if you look up on on the internet if you look up on google or whatever like a, a lethal dose of fentanyl it's like nothing guys it's not even it's not even like in milligrams that they that they measure a lethal dose it's like micrograms which is a, it's like a couple specks of dust it looks like it is wild what i do know is if i was using like Back when I was using, I got sober. I got sober in four fourteen thirteen is is my sobriety date. So this April will be ten years, and fentanyl really started becoming a thing in two thousand fourteen. That's pretty much kind of like when it really started to to peak its head. And I'm telling you what, if I was using. If fentanyl was around when I was using, there's no shot I'd be here. I mean, just no way. The, the way that I used 
and people who are who are like me, which there's many of us that just use with complete reckless abandon. Um, you cannot afford that. You cannot afford that with fentanyl. It, it's it's just a matter of time. You know, it's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when you die when it comes to fentanyl. You're not gonna see. Um, you're not gonna see many. 50 60 year old fentanyl users you know what i mean that have been using for 10 years that doesn't really exist um it's killing people very quickly and the problem is you really just don't know what you're taking when you're getting fentanyl on the street so so basically let me describe to to those of you who don't know what fentanyl is real quick it's it's basically a synthetic opioid um it used to be used in the medical field and, and by pharmaceuticals to treat severe pain, uh, usually in pretty bad cases of cancer and, and cancer patients and things like that. They used to even come in like these little patches and lollipops. Like I remember that shit when I was when I was using. Um, although I didn't really use fentanyl like that, it wasn't. It wasn't really, I didn't really have access to it like that, but they used to come in like, you know, fentanyl lollipops and patches and, and there were other forms too. So they used to be, um, it, it can be regulated, right, in the pharmaceutical field, but the way that it's used today is definitely not regulated and you just don't know what you're getting. That's the problem. You could be buying a pill on the street and you think that you're getting a real pill and it's not a fucking pill. It's not like how it was when I was using, when I used to do drugs, when I was buying Xanax, when I was buying Roxy thirties or Oxy eighties, I knew what I was getting. They were real pills. I didn't ever have to be, I wasn't ever concerned about it not being what I thought it was. I knew what it was. It wasn't fentanyl wasn't really around then. Um, and this wasn't an issue. So now a lot of people are aware that it's fentanyl, but the problem is when you buy these quote unquote pills that aren't real pills, you have no idea what you're getting. There's no way for you to measure or figure out how much fentanyl you're using. So basically what's going on is dealers are pressing fentanyl in these uh, in these uh, pills that are supposed to resemble painkillers, you know, they're supposed to resemble prescription pills. However, like I've stated, they're obviously not. Um, and it's gotten so bad to the point where basically this became big in 2014. This is when it started popping its head up, like I mentioned before. And as, as this was happening, pills had become harder and harder to come by. Doctors really started to um, catch a lot of heat from the DEA and, and other parts of the government where to the point where it's become very, very difficult for people to be prescribed pain meds. And, and honestly, this is a, a massive part of the problem. Like the government and the DEA, uh, and not, not blaming the DEA, but basically the government has put pressure on doctors because of the pill boom that started happening in the early 2000s. Now that was when I was using. I was basically a product of that. It was huge in my time where prescription pills were absolutely everywhere. 
Like you could, you could literally throw a rock down the street and there was probably a, uh, someone was selling them somewhere down. You know what I mean? Like you could throw a rock and hit somebody that had them. They were everywhere. And a big part of that was big pharma was pushing out these pills to all these doctors saying that these are miracle drugs. They're not addictive, which was absolute horseshit, which is obvious. We all know that now. And they knew that back then, but they were pumping these pills to these doctors and these pain managing management clinics and all, you know, all these places where it was like the wild, wild west. You could go down to Florida, walk into a pain management clinic and walk out with a shit ton of pills. And then you can do that with the next pain management clinic and the next one it just wasn't regulated to where it was it was nuts i mean it really was <laughs> it was it was like the fucking wild wild west of the pill boom and so with that wild um action going on and and basically unregulation of these prescription pills or lack of regulation basically what's happening now is an overcorrection to where it's very difficult for people that even really need it. Listen, guys, you know, I, I'm not I'm not completely anti-drugs. I'm just a drug addict. You know, I can't do drugs, but there's plenty of people that need these fucking pills. You know what I mean? There's plenty of people that really do need these tools to, to kind of help them with pain. So what's happening now and what's been going on now, it's it's nothing it's not a secret anymore. It's there's been an overcorrection where there's been too much regulation and government involvement to, to the point where these pills are a very scarce resource. They're very rare and hard to come by. So with that, basically a pill that when I was getting, what I was getting back in the day, a, a Roxy 30, which was real, would be like, anywhere from 15 it used to get to the point where they're like 15 bucks you get them for like 10 15 bucks then what happened was oxy 80s got discontinued because of this revelation that obviously these pills were highly addictive so on and so forth after what i was just telling you big big farm had a lot of pressure on it from the government so they took away oxy 80s then what happened was roxy's and alpanas and other opiates started becoming more prevalent, more sought after, after the Oxy 80s started, they changed the formula, they changed the way that they made these pills to where you couldn't, quote unquote, you couldn't abuse them, or at least, at least it became harder to. So then Roxy's went to like $20, then $25. And as it's gone on and on and on today, you ain't getting a Roxy 30 for less than like 50 bucks. Compared to when I was – a real one I'm talking about. Compared to when I was using, they used to be like 15 and went to 25. After, you know, So that is how far we've come to how there's such a rare, um, scarce uh, product now. It's very hard to come by. So basically what's going on is – Fentanyl is being shipped from China. China is where the majority of fentanyl is coming from and a little bit of India, but mostly China. 
it's being shipped here and pretty regularly it tests above 90% pure fentanyl. That's pretty standard. And it's getting shipped to mostly Mexico and, and a little bit of Canada as well. Um, then what's happening is they are being made. This fentanyl is being made in these super labs, these drug labs in Mexico where they make them into these fake pills to give people the idea that they're buying pills, although they're not, you're doing fentanyl. You know what I mean? It makes, it makes people feel like, Oh, when you buy a, a, a pill, a nice looking colorful pill, it makes you feel like you're, you don't really have a problem. You know what I mean? Like it's not that big of a deal. Look, it's a pill and, it, and it's colorful and it looks all nice. They make them all into all these fucking colorful rainbow colors. It's crazy. Um, and it's no different than you buying heroin on the street back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It's the same exact thing. It's just in a different form. So they're using this deception to um, basically sell lethal product that, that it's just a matter of time before it takes you out. So, you know, essentially that's what's going on here. And and it's not even so much just about like fentanyl either. It's like there, there's other uh, uh, like like different forms of fentanyl too. Like like just changing the uh, molecular st uh, structure of the drug just a little bit. There's like car fentanyl, which is even which is even more powerful than than the shit that we have that we're trying to deal with now. It's crazy. They're making it more and more powerful to the point where. Um, I mean, listen, fentanyl right now, these pills that you're buying, they're, they're 50 times more powerful than heroin. Heroin was killing people like nobody's business. So it just goes to show you that this epidemic, it's a different beast. It's a different animal. And, you know, if you know somebody that's struggling, like, you really got to take it seriously. It's not something you could fuck around with. Um, now I know that you can't make someone get sober, right? Like the, you know, but, but I guess the point is like the awareness of it. You have to be aware of how serious this stuff is because it's not, it's a very big deal and you don't know when you're going to go. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be next month. You know what I mean? And especially if you get sober or you go without for a week or whatever the case may be. And then you go back to the normal amount that you're using. This is when people overdose. You know what I mean? Your tolerance comes down. You think you can handle the same amount and you can't handle this shit. It's just not, it's just not the same. That's why I know for a fact if this stuff was around when I was using, I, there's no way I'd be here. There's just no shot, you know, especially if you're mixing, if you're mixing benzos and, and opiates like I was, which is already a lethal mix, you, you just don't have a chance. You know what I mean? So it's, it's pretty serious stuff. And I'm, when I'm talking with parents or I'm talking with loved ones that, that, you know, we can move on doing something for their family. A lot of people don't understand just how serious it is now a lot do too you know there's definitely more awareness now this is no 
secret, but at the same time, there's a big group of people that are just not aware of of the shit that's out here. And the crazy thing is too, which I, I can't, I can't for the life of me figure this out. I mean, they're putting fentanyl on everything. Like, there's plenty of cases. There's plenty of situations where fentanyl is being found in like cocaine and stuff like that, which makes absolutely no sense. Like the whole point of cutting product with another substance is for it to mimic the effects of the drug that you're cutting it with, right? So in other words, painkillers are are an opiate. They're an opioid. They, you know, they bring you down. They're a downer. Fentanyl is also a downer. They give you the same effect. So to cut a or to make a fake pill and call it a prescription pill, I mean, that makes sense from a business standpoint. I'm not saying it's a it's a good thing. I'm saying from a drug dealer standpoint, it makes sense to do that because you're mimicking the same effects. But but to do that with cutting it with a cocaine or an upper, it just doesn't make any sense and it's killing people. So people are buying drugs like cocaine, which are usually cut with other stimulants and other uppers and things like that to bring you up and it's being cut with a downer a fentanyl that can kill you with people that have absolutely no tolerance to opioids at all. And that's when, that's when people overdose and die, you know? So it's some, it's some crazy shit out here. It's, it's a different day. I'm grateful as hell uh, that I'm not using anymore because it's just a different beast. It makes you, it makes you very, very sick, very, very quickly. Um, within hours. It really just depends on your tolerance, of course, and how much you're using. But man, if you don't get your dose, if you don't get if you don't get high, if you don't get well within a certain amount of time, like dude, after a few hours of waking up in the morning, you're fucking sick already. And when I was doing heroin and stuff like that, I mean, listen, you could you absolutely get miserably sick and all that, but it wasn't as fast. You'd usually have a little bit of time depending on your tolerance and how much you were using, of course, but you usually have a little bit of time before you can get out and find your drugs before you're miserably sick. It's not like that now. Like you're getting sick in no time. So it's just a different beast. And the high is so powerful and so fast. The high is fast too. So like you're high for a little while, you know, for a couple hours, but before you know it, it wears off and you're looking for more. So, you know, this shit is no joke, guys. I'm extremely grateful that I never really got to experience this. And, you know, I'm doing my best to help those that are dealing with it now. You know what I mean? I mean, listen, a drug is a drug and I understand that. Like, but uh, this is just like a different type of beast where it's very powerful. You know what I mean? So if you're a family member that is in this situation where you're dealing with someone who's struggling, whether it be a kid a spouse, a family member, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, what you can do is one, always have Narcan on you. Always have Narcan. Always have, um, have it on your person, have it in your house, have it in your car. You know, signs of an overdose is obviously when someone's not responsive. 
and you know they're slumped over really shallow breathing or you know obviously you don't see them breathing at all turning blue if their lips are blue or they have like a cold sweat um and like i said not responsive these are signs of an overdose and and listen you know and obviously apply narcan to them and, and to save their life. Narcan saved a lot of people. So it's very important to have that on you at all times. If you know someone that's struggling and also like, listen, if you know someone that's struggling, reach out, reach out for help, especially if it's your, if it's your child, if you have leverage, like if it's a spouse, if it's a, it doesn't really matter who it is. Like if there's always ways to get people help. And this is what I try to tell family members. Like, most people do not want to go to treatment. Like you're not going to, you're probably not going to convince them to go to rehab. You know what I mean? Nobody's ever fucking pumped to go to treatment. I never was. And I went four times and probably each of those four times it saved my life. And guess what? I didn't want to be there, but there are ways to get people into a position where they can succeed in recovery. Sometimes we get sober even when we don't want to be in the beginning. That that was the case for me. When I got fucking clean in 2013, I did not think I, I literally I gave myself I gave myself like a week, maybe. <laughs> that was like a short-term solution for me. Like shit, maybe I could <laughs> maybe I could get a week together, you know, and figure it out from there. And a week or, you know, a couple days to a week turned into fucking almost 10 years in April. Like, guys, this is what I mean. And if it, and, it, and I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't in a position to succeed. If it wasn't for my family that got me help, I would not be clean today. And I would have told you back then that I'd only have a little, a little, a shot at staying sober for a very short amount of time because I couldn't imagine a life where I wasn't getting high. When you're in an addictive state, you cannot see what you don't know. You just don't know what you don't know. It's as simple as that. So there's things that you can do. You could, you got to reach out to someone for help who can maybe do an intervention or talk with professionals who, have, who are in this space and know how to navigate these situations. If you have a kid who doesn't want to get help, talk with someone who's fucking been there. You know what I mean? If you have a spouse who you're worried about they're going to get mad or you're worried about the rest of your family finding out, fuck that shit. It doesn't matter. Like in the big picture, it means nothing. Would you rather you do nothing and the family member or your friend end up dying or would you want or, you know, or would you rather try to save their life and people find out and there'd be a little bit of like, you know, embarrassment, which is ridiculous anyway. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Everybody has problems, but like, fuck the embarrassment. Fuck that shit. It doesn't matter. You're trying to save their life. And this stuff is no joke. It is as serious as it gets. So, um, yeah. And the epidemic isn't going anywhere either. I hate to say it, but you know, that's why, that's why I'm constantly busy, man. And, and this is why I make these podcasts and I'm trying to bring awareness out there because we all need to come together in these times and help people who need it because it's uh it's just an unnecessary killer you know guys we have resources out here like it's 2023 we should we should you know i'm not saying that problems shouldn't exist because problems are going to exist no matter what but it's like 
fucking a man you know people are really suffering out here and it doesn't need to be that it doesn't need to be this way it just doesn't you know so if you or a loved one needs help you can reach out to me directly my number is 203-917-8862 again that is 203-917-8862 if you need resources for treatment i, I work with treatment facilities um I'm a recovery coach. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching. I have free resources. Whatever you guys fucking need, you know, reach out for help and I, and I will help you. And um and listen, you know, I love you guys. I appreciate everybody supporting this channel. I do it for you. I do it for the person that's listening right now. I don't do it to hear my own fucking voice, you know what I'm saying? So, this is, you know, I really enjoy the community here. And, um, if, if anyone, if everyone can rate the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. I'm trying to get this out to as many people as possible. So whether you're on Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, Deezer, Google podcasts, whatever the case may be, wherever you're at, if you can rate the podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, I want to know your opinion. What type of topics do you guys want to hear? I'm over on, if you go and message me, I'm on, Instagram on the sober plug, just like this podcast over on the Instagram, hit me in the DMs in on the sober plug with what type of topics do you want to hear? Right? What do you want me to talk about? What are some things that you're struggling with? I'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, listen, I hope everybody has a fantastic day. And uh, and and we'll figure it out together guys you know we're in this as a team and as a community and and i ain't going nowhere so much love everybody i appreciate every single one of you and i will see you on the next one